Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? Dear Mon Pa Mega. Well, you're out there stomping your feet and pounding your chest about Trump's slew of indictments being election interference. Let's have a look at the facts, shall we? Cyrus Vance, New York DA at the time, began issuing subpoenas in the hush money payment case in August of 2019. Fannie Willis launched her investigation into Trump in 2021. The United States House Select Committee on the January 6th attack opened their investigation in July of 2021. Latisha James filed her fraud charges into the Trump Org in September of 2022. The National Archives first asked Trump to return the classified documents he took in May of 2021. He only returned some, not all. So in March of 2022, the FBI opened an investigation that August they searched Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump announced his candidacy on November 15th, 2022. So it seems a lot less like he's being indicted in the middle of his campaign and a lot more like he's campaigning in the middle of his indictments. And I know that facts are about as useful to you as a dictionary and a cousinless dating pool, but that doesn't make them any less true. My guest today is Reed Galen. Reed is an independent political strategist and co-founder of The Lincoln Project. He's a veteran of public affairs and the political profession with more than 20 years of experience. Reed has become one of the most prominent political voices in American politics, particularly as it relates to stopping anti-democratic candidates from gaining control over our government. We talk about what has become of the Republican Party, why Donald Trump still has a hold on them, and about just how extreme the GOP has become in recent years. It's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Are You Effing Kidding Me? Reed Galen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. This is so exciting. I've always wanted to talk to you, so I'm really excited about this. Yeah, well, uh, let's just get right into it. <laughs> Some memos about uh, debate, like right. prep for Mr. DeSantis have leaked and you had an Instagram story about it. So let's talk about it. What? First of all, I have two questions, it's two parts. Sure. I ask everybody this, what the hell is wrong with Ron DeSantis <laughs> as an overview? And what is up with this strategy of defending Trump? Um. Well, let's start. The The first answer is easy. Um, everything. Everything is wrong with him uh, as a candidate, near as I can tell, as a person, um, as a politician, uh, certainly as the chief executive of the state of Florida. Um, you know, this is a guy who um, 
has gone out of his way to be as bad a person as he can be across the board. Um, the second piece is, you know, it's not unusual. There, so there are there are federal laws, right, that a federal campaign, so a presidential campaign, cannot coordinate with its super PAC. It can't talk to them, right, because campaigns have a certain amount of money they can raise under certain limits. Super PACs can raise as much money as they want from whoever, right? So there are these rules. But what the super PAC does is it will often telegraph, like it will put out, if they ran a poll that was really good for the candidate they're supporting, they'll put it out to the public and say, by the way, here's what we learned, right? Now they're giving it to everybody else, but what they're really telling is their candidate, like, hey, this is what you should do. So in the case of Ron DeSantis, there's a guy named Jeff Rowe who runs, I don't even remember what the name of the super PAC is, it doesn't matter, um, who put all this stuff on his company's website ideally for the DeSantis campaign to pick up thousands and you know hundreds I guess of pages of, of memos and everything but but the the top piece the one Joe that's made all the news is about his you know their suggested debate strategy attack Vivek Ramaswamy attack Joe Biden in the media three to five times defend Donald Trump when Chris Christie attacks him and here's the thing is if you're going to give advice even indirectly it should be good advice and this is horrible advice um it's horrible advice because by the very nature of its leak right it now shows that the super PAC <clears throat> thinks that Vivek Ramaswamy is a threat to Ron DeSantis which in the political ether Joe means that everybody thinks wow Ron DeSantis is afraid of this guy He's 37 years old. He's never been a politician. He has no this. Is he interesting? I guess mildly interesting because he's not any of these other idiots, right? So it just, but it also puts DeSantis and his campaign in a position, which is if they go ahead and do these things, right, they've already been ridiculed for it. So now they have to come up with something else to do. So now if they don't attack Vivek, right, Vivek's going to say, well, I guess he decided he was afraid of me, right? So this is why I said uh, I was on Stephanie Rule's show last night on MSNBC. Like, the only reason I can feel like Joe that, Joe, that Jeff Rowe did this is because he doesn't like Ron DeSantis. Like, he actually <laughs> wants him to get out of the race. Because why would you give advice like this anyway, right? right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, attacking Biden, okay, fine. And attacking the media, fine, right? The, but the idea of, like, you know, defending Donald Trump when Chris, like, if you want to be the Republican nominee, how does defending Donald Trump get you there, right? And this is the one thing that not only DeSantis, but any of the rest of them, with the exception of probably Asa Hutchison, who's not going to be there next week, and Chris Christie, who's really, this is on a, a reputation repair tour. You're, you're, you're from the Garden State, you know. <laughs> um, is like, if you're not going to take on the, the person who's most likely to be the nominee, then you're never going to be the nominee. And so, again, this was bad advice badly delivered and now it's put DeSantis in a place where he will be ridiculed between now and when they take the debate stage next week. Yeah, it's a lose-lose for him, but it's just sort of like part and parcel to everything that has been his campaign. I mean, it's a train wreck. And this idea to run to the right of Donald Trump without criticizing Donald Trump, while Donald Trump in his entire orbit are going after you. I mean, it just, I, it's, it boggles the mind. It just seems like the, you know, antithesis of, of, of good political calculation. I just don't understand. I've never understood it. Well, the one thing you have to understand and, and is, you know, Rick made a Rick Wilson, who I think you've also spoken to may have alluded to is that if you're going to go after Trump, you have to go after him all the time 
every day, relentlessly, without fear, right? right? Of of what he's going to say about you, what he's going to have his, you know, what he's going to tell his people to do to you. This is something they all should have done when they decided to get in against Donald Trump. And, and they all decided, for whatever reason, that, you know, somehow, you know, the magical Big Mac fairy is going to take Donald Trump away and suddenly open, you know, the floodgates will open and the Republican Party will return and will I have blah, 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 right? All the magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but for DeSantis, you know, this is the weird thing too, Joe, is that when you talk about running to the right of Trump, like they're, they're not even on like a normal left-right spectrum anymore. They're like, if, if, if the left-right spectrum is here where you could say there is a progressive and or liberal governing philosophy and there's a conservative or right-wing governing philosophy, like they're on Mars. They're like, they're <laughs> way out there, right? Because this stuff is so antithetical to what we've seen as Americans for 240 almost 50 years and what we think of right now that being said in southern states and all that this is far more real and has been for 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 generations but DeSantis you know it's like going after African-American education in in Florida right going after the LGBT community like the thing about these is is that these are not this is not traditional right in 2015 gay marriage was legalized okay since then right? Gay marriage has become part and parcel of American social life. It is a socially accepted institution in this country. It is a, by most Americans, a morally accepted institution in this country, right? So therefore, the idea of being part of the LGBT community is also socially, broadly socially accepted. So what you're seeing is that, is that DeSantis is taking like he's not conservative, he's white nationalist, white Christian nationalist, right? And what he will do, even though he won't be the nominee, is that Trump is always first and foremost worried about his base. That's all he really cares about because he knows those are his people. They'll they'll ride or die with him. So what it will have the effect of DeSantis is taking all these positions, and you saw after DeSantis um, uh, released that just risable uh, video about Trump being supportive of the gay community, right? Yeah. Trump now started to move towards that position, right? On the on the African American stuff, Trump will go to that. He'll go to where Ultra MAGA and Trump they 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 go back and forth, which is one of them's always ahead, mm-hmm. but it's usually Ultra MAGA, and Trump will always move to catch up with them because he's he is right in the idea that he can't win without them. But the more he moves with them, the more people like you, frankly, right, moms, suburbanites want nothing to do with that because it's so it's so foreign to any idea of how they see the, the world operating <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or vin and getting a real offer in minutes There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best 
to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, and it's you said it's not just Trump that is moving along with Ultra MAGA. It, you said it's essentially what DeSantis is doing is he does have the gravity. He's moving the entire party, really. You mm-hmm. said into the darkness, which is what you were just talking about. And that I feel like that's definitely true, in particular with Trump. I mean, you saw him all of a sudden releasing one of those tan mom videos where he looks like all backlit and it's weird. And he's talking mm-hmm. about instead of talking about school choice, which is what he largely talked about in the four years he was in office, he's now talking more about this culture war stuff, this like patriotic curriculum and the woke right. stuff that DeSantis really sort of brought to the forefront and to and is leading in a way the charge on, and Trump is definitely catching up, but the whole party, you said. And, and I'm curious about that. So they're all really following DeSantis's lead in this way. And then the, I guess my bigger question is, why is that effective for not just the base, but the party? Is it effective for the whole party? Because I know it'll alienate moms like me, but there's still moms in the suburbs who will vote against their own best interests. And I don't understand that either. But yeah, why is this effective? Is it effective? Um, again, this is where this is a great question. And this is the difference between being in the thrall of a movement like they are and electoral success. Uh, Trump had electoral success in 2016, just barely. He hasn't had any since then, right? Um, which is why you saw that there was such an uproar amongst the party late last year after the 2022 midterms because they blamed Trump for costing them gubernatorial races, House seats, Senate seats. But I think it's important as a distinction, Joe, to say this is they weren't mad at him for all the things he said and done, right? They weren't mad at him for January 6th or having dinner with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West. They were mad because he cost them power. That's what upsets them, not the things he espouses, not the things that he supports, right? The fact that he costs them power. And so what you're seeing now is, is this in the best interests of the country? No. Is it in the best interests of American parents and school children? No. But here's the other part, too, is they fundamentally dislike public education. Yeah. I, I, I have no way of quantifying this right now, Joe, but I, I will find a way to do it. They want stupid people. <laughs> yeah, they need stupid people. They don't want smart people. It's just like I interviewed a guy named John Ward, uh, who writes for Yahoo News. He grew up in the evangelical movement. And, and within the evangelical movement, there is a strong, strong, you know, um, feeling that you should the only knowledge you get comes from the Bible, right? And from the church and from the community that is very tight knit. And I think you see a lot of those similar things, which is they don't want you to be open-minded. They don't want you, they say they quote unquote, do their own research. That means they go to Alex Jones or whatever, right? It's not, it's they're they're looking for things that reinforce their belief systems that might not challenge them, right? And so what you're seeing is they don't want people who are smart enough to challenge them. But if we have to have school, Joe, right? Then it's going to be prayer in schools. It's going to be, you know, slavery was effective for, you know, or was it was a great way <laughs> to learn blacksmithing. But I mean, yeah. here's the thing for the 400 years of slavery, right, or 400 plus years of slavery, right? Like, so let's say you learned how to be a blacksmith on a plantation. 
you were born on that plantation. You learned how to be a blacksmith and you died on that plantation. Like it wasn't like, Hey, you know what? I'm done working today and I'm going to go home and make myself a, a, a frying pan, right? Like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And yeah. then you go down to a place like Texas where they want to expand, um, you know, uh, school vouchers and, yeah. and all this other stuff for private schools. But here's the thing. There are millions of school children, right? Millions and millions and millions of school children in Texas or Florida or around the country. Like there aren't nearly enough private schools to ever do this, right? So it's all just posturing to ultimately knock down public education. Again, I, you'll never convince me that they're not just trying to create a stupider country that they believe they can control. Well, absolutely. Um, and there, there's this huge, there's so many layers to the push towards the privatization of, you know, education and this dismantlement of public education and pushing them towards charter schools and disguising it as school choice. And all the statistics show, despite whatever they say, that it's actually detrimental to essentially all but 1%, that top 1% of the kids, but it, in these charter schools, there's no oversight, so they can do whatever they want. Uh, curriculum can be religious-based, it doesn't matter. And now in some, I think it was Nevada, the, I think it was Nevada, they're using state funding to pay for a religious charter school. But that's a, there's so many layers there about keeping Americans stupid, because it's one of the big layers, for me anyway, is keeping us stupid, keeping us poor, and keeping women pregnant, right? So all of these things that saddle people down, so they don't have time to be curious about what's happening or isn't happening, to be curious about, is this person I put in office actually doing anything? Do they have any policies? They won't have the time, they won't have the bandwidth, and you know, as far as intelligence goes, and they'll be stressed with all these kids they can't afford that their wives or girlfriends had to have and it's it's all there's because the republican party isn't a party of policy or platform anymore it's really all designed to be like to come back to those people and say i know things are hard for you but i am the only one who right. can help you even though i'm not actually helping you which is again they're all voting against their own self-interest right now and i talk a lot about that but um it is interesting this whole attack on Look, I mean, Fox News, OAN, Trump himself, all of this, this is the 21st century American equivalent of lions eating Christians in Rome, right? It's all distraction, right? Yeah. Don't have enough food, throw another circus. Don't have enough to do, don't have a job, throw another parade, right? And that's basically all this stuff is. But the, the difference is most of the people who really buy into this stuff are not economically disadvantaged, right? They're not the ones who like can't put food on the table. Um, and so, you know, there is a vast reservoir of resentment against a world that is changing and has changed and changed forever. Like the world doesn't stay the same. It spins around the sun in 365 <laughs> days, right? Like every time in for the next, for, for the last 6 billion years and for the next 4 billion years till the sun explodes or whatever the hell it is, right? <laughs> But history doesn't Keith stop. Richards dies, yeah. Right, Keith. Well, the, well, which is likely to happen after the Senate. <laughs> but, um, but the point is, is like they. Here's the other part too. They want to keep everybody in this rapture, but they also are selling a nostalgia that never existed. Right, the things yes. that they talk about, leave it to Beaver, or you know, all these things of the 1950s, like. The the 50s were actually a very dynamic decade that that saw a lot of massive change. Uh, within the United States, both economically, culturally, politically, elsewhere, and otherwise. And that's what they're selling, but it never existed in the first place. And for the people that lived it, right, yeah, there it, it was the explosion of the middle class, but 
instead of trying to figure out, as you said about Republicans, trying to figure out how to create an economic boom amongst the middle class, uh, instead of trying to figure out how to bring those people who are at or below the poverty line up to some level above subsistence and, frankly, bring into line the plutocracy that is, you know, has flourished in the last 30 years, right? They're like, you don't like those people. Those people are coming to take your jobs. Those people are coming to rape your wife. Those people are coming to ransack your house. And who are those people? Minorities, women, uh, you know, LGBT, anybody who's an other, right? right? The other is bad. Right. And and the elect, I always think of them as sort of in the throes of their own extinction because the electorate is changing as it does, as you said, as the world does. And they are so resistant to that change that they would prefer instead to try to stifle it, to to suppress it, to to like defeat the will of the people. And that isn't that isn't really something Americans are necessarily known for being especially tolerant of, but it does work for that segment of the population, like you said, and I've seen this in my own family, who before Trump wouldn't say this stuff out loud. They mm. wouldn't say the stuff about their kids going to colleges and being indoctrinated with leftist woke ideology. They wouldn't say that they thought that, you know, the Latinos are coming for their jobs, jobs they wouldn't ever, by the way, take. They would never have said any of that out loud until Donald Trump, but it was always there. But he sort of yeah. pulled the the veil back on that um and it's it's very powerful for that segment of the population but like to what end it's it's obviously like going up against a, a tsunami of the american the will of the american people and it's gotta it's eventually gonna have to peter out right or what are we looking at like literal author authoritarianism uh well if trump wins again yeah um i i would say that and look i i would say this is that trump will likely be the republican nominee um, anybody who says he's going to go to jail or be prevented from running, maybe, but I'm not counting on it. Um, you know, the only way to beat this guy, the only way to make this guy go away, right? I mean, politically, <laughs> is to trounce him next year, to absolutely beat him like a drum, such that anybody who might have thought about acting badly is like, am I really going to do this, right? Am I really going to, especially because we see whether or not it's in D.C. and Georgia and Florida, wherever, like you're going to start to see people flip because just like for a mob boss, nobody wants to go up the river for 25 or 30 years for some other guy. Right. Um, but what I would say is this, is that if he is the nominee, right, a major party nominee in this country has a 50-50 shot of being president. So we shouldn't take anything for granted. Um, they're losing, the Republicans are losing the culture war or they've lost the culture war. You're right. They don't have any ideas. The economy, you know, I just saw something this morning, you know, 61, you know, 55% of the American people say the economy is bad or poor, right? But 61% of Americans say their economy is great. Okay. Well, that's like, I hate Congress, but I love my congressman, right? Like it's just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so afraid of crime. Is there crime in your neighborhood? Oh, well, no, I live in a very safe neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's always like the perception of what goes on outside your house versus the perception of how you feel inside of it. So I would say that, that if Trump gets elected, then yes, we are off the map, right? Like all of the things that he, he didn't know how to do, right? And not in the context of being president, but in the context of consolidating power, yep. he will do. And, and I think it's either Tim Snyder from Yale or Ruth Ben-Ghiat says, listen to what they say. These people tell you what they want to do. And 
that's why Joe, like we don't have to make up the stuff they say. We don't have to like find ways to twist statistics. Like they say it out loud. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look at the, the speech that Trump gave in Waco, Texas on the 30th anniversary of the, of the Branch Davidian standoff. Like, that told you everything you need to know. This is the final battle. This is a war of retribution. Mm-hmm. He believes that, and his people believe that. And this is the last thing about the, the, the world changing, is for them, it is an existential fight. They see their way of life ending. They see it as an extinction-level event. And we should not underestimate their willingness to stave that off as long as they can through political and non-political methods. Which, I mean, according to some of the polls, the one that was that came out yesterday, is is political suicide for them. He's like a cinder block tied to their ankle and he's bringing them down. But like you said, if he is the nominee, there is still a 50 percent chance that he could win. But 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 this I ask everyone I talk to because I end up talking to a lot of Republican, former Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I because I cannot wrap my brain around it. And Rick tried to explain it. And George tried to explain it. And I still don't understand it because you talked about off ramps. And and January 6th was obviously an off ramp, should have been an off ramp, was mm-hmm. for a hot, hot second an off ramp for Lindsay on I'm out, I'm done. And then he went to the airport and some people booed him and he had right. got a, he cried. How the hell is four indictments and 91 charges not an off ramp when they know that this cinder block that is Trump is tied to their ankles? What is going on with like this? establishment Republicans that there's got to be more of them. Honestly, you know, there has to be more of them who aren't in love with Donald Trump than this MAGA rabid wing of the party has to be. Um, Well, I think you're right. Um, I think there's a few things, though, is that one, it's all based on fear. A lot of it is based on fear. They fear Trump. They fear his people. They fear the mean tweet. Right. They fear the trolls. Some of them might fear violence. Right. I mean, think about, um, you know, Adam Kinzinger, right? Yeah. Like, you know, his, his wife was threatened, his children were threatened. Um, and so, you know, there are, you know, we heard about, you know, Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, right? He was threatened, his daughter-in-law, you know, the the widow of his son has been threatened, you know, all these things. So these are real things. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't underestimate those. But those are the people who are his, you know, sworn opponents. The people who are inside the movement, right? They see it as a couple of things. One is, Okay, yeah, Trump's ugly. He's a bore. I don't like all this stuff. But the truth is, is like none of them have faced any sanction for it. 
The Republicans retook the House last year, right? Should they have taken it by more? They should have in a normal year, but they were, they're bad at politics. And again, yeah, Trump is an absolute albatross. Um, but they haven't faced any sanction. But I think here's the other part, too, is that the poison has seeped all the way down through this party apparatus, right? If you look at, you know, the state party of Texas or the state party of Florida, like, are they totally MAGA? They are. That doesn't make any, that doesn't surprise you. But, you know, the state parties of California and Massachusetts, they're just as nuts, hmm. right? The, 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 the people who are waiting in the wings to run for local county statewide office, like they're nuts. They're not, they're not, you know, Oh, you know what? Yeah. I I need to go back to being Mitt Romney. Like that's not, they see Mitt Romney as a rhino. They Mm -hmm. see Mitch McConnell as a rhino. So, and, and the establishment is, you know, for lack of a way to better, better way to put it, it's basically dead, right? It's, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's a spent political force. It had its time. It didn't pay attention I certainly didn't pay attention to the MAGA wing, to the Tea Partiers, to the social conservatives. Here's the biggest mistake our arrogance, you know, led us to. We thought those people were in there with us. They didn't have anywhere else to go. The mistake we made, Joe, is that we were in there with them. There were way more of them than there were, were of us, and we didn't have any place else to go. They let us be in charge until they decided not to. And here's where, you know, if, if luck is where preparation meets opportunity, then Trump was the luckiest thing that could have happened to this decades-long conservative movement, to the white nationalist zombies that were waiting in the wings, right, mm-hmm. that Trump brought, you know, out of the shadows. Without him, you know, they are still in the woods, literally and figuratively. <laughs> he, was, he gave them something to latch onto, and they have made the most of it. And so, yeah, is, is Trump the alpha and the omega? No, not necessarily. But he is the leader of a movement. And to answer, to give you a very long answer to a very short question, why do they do it? One, because of fear. And two, because they understand that the base, which might only be 35, 40% of the party writ large, but makes up about 70% of the primary electorate, it's a religious experience for them. Anything you do to him, right, from the Justice Department, it's the deep state, right? (laughs) his moral failings, right? Everybody else does it too. And this is a really important point. Why, 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 why is, why is it the Biden crime family? Because Joe Biden must be as bad as Donald Trump. There must be the false equivalency. See, because, well, Trump is bad, but everybody's that bad. Mm -hmm. Russia's bad, but you know, America's just bad, as bad as Trump. Everybody has to be so valueless, so bad that it really doesn't matter. And that's what they're ultimately, I think, politically trying to get to, which is it doesn't really matter who I vote for, right? If I vote for Biden, he's a communist, he's a crook. If I vote for Trump, he's a crook, but at least I've known him as a crook. He's not a communist. Or maybe I just don't participate at all. And apathy will ultimately be our undoing. Yeah, so many (laughs) follow-ups to that. Going to try and keep it quick, but this idea that you said that uh, you know he, Trump essentially showed up at the luckiest time for Trump because that was sort of still that was the undercurrent in the party. They just didn't mm-hmm. have like a a shiny you know yam dyed mm-hmm. guy to hide behind, right? Uh, and and sort of like forged through like a bull uh, through everything, which is I always thought of him as sort of being this thing that they hid behind because they were doing the dirty work behind him with all the big words and the stupid things that got us all outraged. And it's it's interesting because. 
I foolishly thought, I foolishly thought a lot of things. I obviously foolishly thought Hillary was going to win. I foolishly thought. Well, that so did so did everybody else, including yeah. Donald Trump. Right, right. I foolishly thought that January 6th was going to be an off ramp. I foolishly thought that in there would be an after Trump for the Republican Party. I foolishly thought, oh, he's done. He lost. He's out. They have a loser. He's been impeached twice. He lost. Instead, and I am always willing to admit what I don't know. That is the truth. I am stubborn and pigheaded, but I will always admit what I don't know what I get wrong. And I got that one wrong because the Republican Party in the in the times since Trump has only gone further than Trump. Like you said, he when he was in the White House, he didn't I don't think he fully understood. Like he was exploring all those little cracks and fissures, but I don't think he fully understood that he could inhabit them. Like Miles Taylor told me in particular related to the VA that he he hated the VA. He hated all the money that goes to the VA. He wanted to take that money and use it for other things and he was told you can't do that. Well, for a million reasons, but until they told him it didn't help him politically in his reelection, was he willing to say, okay, I won't do that, but he will do it if given another four. But the party in the meantime, just look at Texas, look at Abbott, look at DeSantis. Trump wanted to bus migrants to sanctuary cities and didn't because they told him it wouldn't be politically good for him. But Abbott did it. DeSantis did it. I mean, the party's Mm -hmm. actually gotten much worse and i really didn't see that coming but that is very foolish on my part but they didn't really get worse they were just the veil had been pulled back trump paved the way and they were finally filling the space that they always wanted to fill essentially right yeah um stuart stevens another uh senior advisor uh to the lincoln project said trump didn't invent the republican party he revealed it Mm -hmm. and as someone who literally grew up in the party, Joe, right? I mean, lived in Washington, D.C. my entire childhood, went to Capitol Hill with my dad, was a page in the U.S. House when I was in high school, um, you know, and then went to work for George W. Bush when he was governor of Texas and then when he was president of the United States, right? Um, I didn't see it. And now I have to remember that in the old days, you could be a conservative or you could be a Republican or you could be a conservative Republican. Right. They didn't necessarily go together. And I was a Republican. I've never been a conservative. Right. I just not. Uh, I'm probably too free thinking. Um, I'm too, you know, I, I don't want to say libertarian, but like you live your life the way you want to live your life. I'm going to live the way, you know, mine. And if if they come in contact with each other, let's be respectful. Right. Seems to make sense. Um, that's not where we are now. And I would say this, too, is that what you've seen is. Trump gave, and I'm not sure if I can use this word, if you have to bleep it, bleep it, is like Trump gave everybody license to be their their asshole self, right? So let me just give you this example. So I was in Southern California years ago, probably three, four years ago now. Trump was still in office. And there's this Range Rover, right? And whatever, it's top of the line Range Rover. And it's blacked out, right? It's got the, it's painted black. It's got blacked out windows. It's got blacked out tires and rims and everything else. And there's a don't tread on me sticker on the <laughs> bumper, Right. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy who's driving a $150,000 car. He's never been tread on in his life, right? But Trump has told him, you are. If you don't get to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it, regardless of however anybody feels about it, your freedom, my freedom is being infringed, right? Even though that guy, even to this day, is probably the freest human being that's ever lived on the planet, right? (laughs) Um, No one can tell him what to do, right, within the bounds of polite society. Why do we call it polite society, Joe? Because you didn't go out of your way to offend other people. Now they do it. They relish it. 
owning the libs is a pillar of the Republican Party, of the conservative movement. Trolling, right, is a platform, is a plank in the party platform because they want to upset people because upsetting people, right, makes them feel better about themselves, right? And so what do you see now is why did so many people go along with it? Because it felt good, right? Why do they watch Fox News? Because they prime these people for years, with the resentment and the anger, and they just jab that adrenal gland. They just jab it and jab it and jab it. And what happens? Just like everything else, you become addicted to it. You become addicted to it. And then you need more and more and more of it. So now these people are strung out mm. on right-wing propaganda. They can't help themselves. I mean, there was even a study years ago where it's like they asked people, they volunteered, like, can you stop watching Fox News and start watching CNN? And when I, when I say these numbers, it's not going to sound like a lot, but it was like, three or 4% of people go, wow, that shit is crazy that I was watching, right? Wow, I shouldn't watch that. It's also upsetting that the other 97% were fine with it, right? But (laughs) look at, you go to, I mean, you know, if you've got MAGA family or friends like I do, right? They're angry all the time about something. How could it be like this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look at who you are. Look at where you're sitting. Why are you so angry? You know why? Because the vacuum that has been filled on the right-wing ecosystem is anger, vitriol, lies, propaganda. And so no wonder half the country's pissed off all the time. Yeah, so pissed off that they're buying up cases of Bud Light to shoot it. And it's all built on this fictional premise too. They're so they're, that they're also mad because all the shit that, that they're mad about isn't getting done by the people that they think are supposed to be getting shit done, but they don't, they don't know it because they're so distracted by fucking woke stoves. Sorry, I said fucking, I said it twice. Like, that's the thing that you said it about Rome, but I just wanted to touch real quick before we go to the last final round, which is my favorite round. We'll get to it one second. Like, there's this fictional thing that you talked about, this idea that Trump is some alpha male. We see this friggin' alpha male stuff coming from the Andrew Tates and the Tucker Carlson's and these are not alpha males. Donald Trump is not an alpha male, but... The base is so willing to, I call him fictional Trump, this fictional version, this, this, that he's fit, that he's a patriot, that he's devout, that he's a family man. He wanted to date his own daughter, a family man, and that he's an alpha male. Like, how do they not see what we can see with our eyes? How do they not see it? Is it cult? Is it really just a cult? It's cultish in nature. And again, um, it goes back to this idea of this sphere, right? It's... it's hugely important for the conservative movement, for MAGA, to keep everybody inside the bubble, right? Think about last summer when Fox said they weren't going to air the January 6th hearings, right? Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't anything to be learned there, and they were going to run Tucker live without commercials. <laughs> Why did they run Tucker without commercials? Because the last thing they wanted to do was give anybody the opportunity to flip over and see what was going on because maybe they wouldn't come back. Then they realized, oh no, millions of people are watching this anyway. We better make sure that we're televising it with our spin, yeah. right? That people had seen reality and that uh-uh, as soon as reality comes, it's the same reason why you saw um, with, um, with this latest indictment in Georgia, you can always tell when MAGA is scared by the level of freak out, yeah. right? The more, everything is projection, Joe. Everything is projection, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So if they are losing their minds, if they are losing their minds, you know they're worried because, it, because reality is encroaching. 
and they can't have that because once the bubble bursts and there is there is actual you know literature on this that when these kinds of bubbles burst it typically occurs when the leader in this case trump exits the stage one way or the other um there is sort of a rip van winkle moment for some part of the movement which is sort of like what was i doing yeah what was i thinking how was this a good idea Mm. now there are other people who will say yes i've woken up wow that was bad and they still harbor stuff but the you know but movements like this don't last very long because as i like to say the only people that these people hate more than you and me joe are each other yeah right? and themselves it, they they ultimately eat their the, the the this the movement eats itself the problem is like a like a fission explosion right where you're splitting the atom it releases an enormous amount of negative energy and activity and that's why you know you know hitler lasts 12 years but destroys the world in the process right like I'm not saying that that's what we're going to have here, but that's what happens is the level of destructive force that occurs when these people take over is something that lasts not very long because, again, none of them are very good at governing. None of them want to govern. They just want power. Um, But the damage that they do in that short amount of time takes years, if not decades, to repair. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I wrote about this very thing. I think this was the most triggering for them, too. I wrote about it on my Substack, and I essentially, the way with Marjorie Taylor Greene, her freakout was especially acute. I, the way I thought of it was, she's like the gas, I think of him as a gasoline pour on that this bigoted fire, and she's thinking, yeah. we're going to lose our supply of gasoline, which is Donald Trump, and that how, how then what happens to us? What happens to a Marjorie Taylor Greene? God forbid she goes away. That would be terrible. Okay. Well, thank you for all of that time. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I call the meat of my conversation. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean that uh, euphemistically. Anyway, moving on. So this is what I call the rapid fire random question round. Reed, are you ready? All right. I okay. am ready. And, and I'm going to go quickly because I know I've taken a lot of your time. Okay. So these are completely random questions um, just pulled out of my head, which is not a good place. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Question one. Who is the last person on earth you'd want to be stuck in an elevator with for 24 hours? Oh, uh, they could be alive or dead. It doesn't matter. Theoretically. Um, uh, the guy who wrote the song Africa from Toto. <laughs> really? Okay. I, I, can, I, I can't even hear the song in my head right now for some strange reason, but. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, not the Cars for Kids guy though. That would be worse. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine would be Ted Cruz. I, I imagine, imagine. Oh, I just. I don't know. I would. Here's I, the thing about Ted Cruz is he's a big wuss. If you just told him to shut up and threaten to punch him in the face, he'd shut up. And be like, shut up, dollar store Wolverine. Go eat your boogers in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Question two. Oh, this one's a really good one. Why do you love the band Cake so much? I hate the band. <laughs> I just, I hate them. I, I just, I, I think it's the worst combination of stupid lyrics and bad bass lines. It just, I, it, every time I hear it, that it just, oh yeah, I just, it just drives me. It, all right. I, I want to revise my answer. The band cake. <laughs> that's who I would rather. That's yes. If I was stuck in an elevator for 24 hours with them, I would climb out and throw myself down the shaft. So it wasn't, uh, you know, stick shifts and safety belts that you don't love mm. that song. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. Oh, okay, well, I like I like that you revised your first answer and made it resonate with the second answer. No one's done that. So congratulations to you on that. If I had sound effects like Stephanie Miller, I would play like a clapping sound, but I don't. I, <laughs> this is my stuff. So last question. Okay, this is a good one. What movie makes you laugh no matter how many times you've seen it? Uh, Spies Like Us. Oh, that's a good one. Just a pillar of my Cold War childhood. <laughs> That's Dan Aykroyd, right? And Chevy Chase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a, a brilliant, just ridiculous send-up of spy movies. Just the best. And it doesn't get made today. So many of these movies don't get made today. Like that's the listen. Thing. Not, none of the none of the movies that were made when I was a child. Anything by John Hughes yeah. doesn't get made. No. Right. Nothing. My um, favorite movie, The Jerk, doesn't get made. No way. No. No, no. way. No, Definitely The Jerk not. is no. He <laughs> hates these. He's shooting at these cans. Stay right. away from the demons. Die. Right. Nathan I mean, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring me some fresh wine. None of this old wine. <laughs> but see, here's the other thing too about Gen X white guys. There, there, there's this thing about Gen X white guys. That when you turn 45, you have to be into one of two things: World War II or smoked meats. Right. Uh, I've always okay. been a World War II buff, but I think the third one is: could you have an entire conversation? just in line movie lines and i think that most gen x white guys could do that i i, I don't know i'm not a gen x white guy but i could have an entire jerk conversation in just right. jerk quotes i know that that sounds weird <laughs> but i could i mean i know the whole thermos song by heart and i don't right. mean jerk for the people out there who think i have an only fans i don't mean jerk like that so knock it off okay i'm not jerk chicken <laughs> yeah but so a lot of gen z gen x guys like to jerk their meat is what you're saying <laughs> well it's very spicy <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. So <laughs> spicy jerked me. Reed, what are you working on? Where do you want people to go? What do you have going on? Sure. Listen, uh, you know, thank you first and foremost for having me. I would love it if people would uh, tune into the Lincoln Project podcast. We drop uh, two episodes a week and um, writing stuff over at ResoluteSquare.com. And then, you know, follow me on uh, Twitter at Reed Galen or on Threads. <laughs> at reed underscore galen underscore lp you can find me uh on on Twi on instagram there too but you know look uh the fight continues day in and day out um the idea here is you know let me get all my cliches out of the way you know it's not a sprint it's a marathon uh when you're exhausted the answer is not to quit but to rest um this is now a good time here late august is a good time to rest but let me be clear about this the general election has begun right and this is as much as I hate to agree with Donald Trump, this is the fight for the ages, right? This is the chance. 
and the world has changed, Joe, but we shouldn't think of that as a bad thing. We should think of this as November of 2024 is our opportunity to decide how the next phase of America is going to look. The alternative is Donald Trump gets to decide, and I don't think anybody wants that. No, and I will say that this fight that we are facing has made allies of of people who I wouldn't have been allied with. I know that for a fact. I didn't have a lot of Republicans that I counted as friends right. prior to Donald Trump's emergence on the scene, prior to this, this movement away from democracy. But you are in the trenches. You and Rick and everybody else are in the trenches with Democrats like me fighting the same fight. Listen, let me just say this is the thing about coalition fighting as a coalition. And that's what we do as part of the pro-democracy movement is you don't have to agree on everything. You just have to agree on one thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And we all agree. Right. That Joe Biden getting reelected is the thing that needs to happen because his reelection, again, gives us the chance to do the things that we want to do to bend the arc of just, you know, the arc of history towards justice. And the alternative is, again, that train heading into the tunnel. And none of us want that. Hell no. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you for all your work, obviously, and and for, you know, really taking up this fight. But just uh, I'm grateful for you. Um, thank you for joining me. And um, that does it for this episode of Are You Effing Kidding Me with Jojo from Jurors. And I'll uh, see you guys next Saturday. Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com.